Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Reiki Energy Master Teacher and author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Share Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit to let us know our challenges are not merely economic, political, societal, but a spiritual disconnect from our inner soul wisdom and life force. Today I am delighted to welcome Dr. Alan Leica, author of The Secrets of Living a Fantastic Life, The Thirteen Golden Pearls, uh, who shares harrowing and traumatic escapes from death. His from a misdiagnosis of what he was told was a terminal illness, and his co-author, Harriet Tinker, from a nearly fatal kidnapping and beating by a stalker. Hello, Dr. Leica, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within. Well, thank you for having me, Cheryl. It's really a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. As listeners of Healing from Within are well aware my guests and I share intimate and insightful looks at personal events so we may begin to remember our true essence as spiritual beings or souls having a physical life, often to refine our emotions, expand loving compassion, and improve relationships. Our dual nature as spiritual beings having a physical life must be understood so we can merge the best of both worlds for lives of health, happiness, prosperity, and create our best lives both personally and collectively. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Alan Leica, who is best known as one of the leading cosmetic dermatologists in the world, is now acknowledged as a leading expert in living a fantastic life as a transformational speaker and thought leader coach. Both he and co-author Harriet Tinka suffered near-death experiences, not perhaps in the traditional way we think of near-death experiences, but still in a way of realizing a second chance and sought renewal through the wisdom of human virtues that focus them on a life of richness, appreciation, joy, and service. Alan, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that might have signaled to them the values and interests they would uh, pursue as an adult. For often, the blueprint or life path of a soul is imprinted in the heart of the child. So think back to who you began. You know, I, I, think, I think that's very easy for me, the person that I'd like to acknowledge to take me on my path was my dear mother, uh, who just passed away at the age of 95. So she joined your mother in the spirit world. Yes. Yeah. She had a very long life. My mother had a good run of it also. So, yes, our, we are lucky if we have mothers who showed us resilience, love, endurance for truth and for our own path. And my mother did that, and I guess your mother did that with you, too. Exactly. So, she showed me a lot of resilience. I mean, to live 95 years and to live a full life like she did till the very end was truly resilience. 
but it also was accompanied by love. She was a truly loving, wonderful person, and that's what I'd like to acknowledge on your show. Beautiful. So we just did the same thing for both our, our mothers. And there were other yes. people also in our early life. We we were fortunate to have people in our early life who allowed us to open our hearts and minds and to pursue our own needs. You know, some children in, in modern-day times have what are called as helicopter parents. They're so on top of them, and they're so guided to direct them towards what they think is important. No, I didn't have that. I was allowed to follow my own instincts, and I think you were probably too, which is a great gift from parents or teachers. You know, my mother was a was a beautiful mother. She only got a grade six education, so she encouraged me to get my full education. And it's because of her that I went and became a doctor and finally a cosmetic surgeon at that. And so it really was her inspiration that she said, do what you want, do what you love. And that's clearly what I did along my path. Yeah, that's beautiful. Now let's fast forward. Tell me a little about yourself and how it felt when the doctor said, you have six months to live, so you better get your affairs in order. You know, that was a very traumatic experience, Cheryl. And I'd I'm like to sure. Go back and came about, you know, I, I was walking in Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, when my wife turned to me and she said, what's wrong with you, hun? You know, I, I was taken aback for once in my life. I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't even thunk anything wrong. But my wife persisted, what's wrong with you? So I had to say, what do you mean? She said, listen to your foot. It's flapping, she said. Now that was the dumbest. It actually made it, it actually made a noise. Your foot was yeah, making a noise. Yeah, my foot was slapping on the pavement with every step I was taking. Oh. It, it, my foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a right foot drop. You know, your brain is programmed not to let your foot drop when you're walking, but mine was. It was slapping on the pavement. Oh. So when my when then my wife said, you know, when we get back, you better get this checked out. Well, Cheryl, when your spouse says this to you, you know what you do. You get it checked out. <laughs> you get it checked out. You know, have no other option. And I know you so, saw dozens of doctors. Dozens, possibly hundreds of doctors. And I ended up on the doorstep of a world-leading neurologist. By that time, I had CAT scans. I had brain scans. I had scan scans, and they showed absolutely nothing. So they were perplexed. So they sent me to a neurologist, a world-leading neurologist, a brain doctor, a doctor that has all the answers. Well, I walked in, and I said, hi. And he said, hi, you better be sitting down when I tell you this. Mm. I said, why? I have a dropped right foot. He said, no, you don't. You have ALS. Lou Gehrig's disease. You're yeah. going to be dead in six months. Get your affairs in order. Wow. Well, you know, um, I, I have heard this story from many of my clients. I'm a Reiki intuitive healer. And doctors should know that when you give a diagnosis like that, 
the person almost is going to make that happen if they truly believe it and don't go further uh, to find another cause for the illness because that's how people are. Uh, we exactly. get an idea but in our head and we make it happen. And, 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 and it's so unnatural to talk to anyone that way. You can relate yeah. the information in a softer, kinder way. Now, as a medium, I receive information from spirit and direction for people to know their true path. And if they have an illness, help in what to do for that. Now, we can't change the destiny of a person. If it would have been your destiny to have that, uh, you would have not found another diagnosis. But you still needed to be treated with care and gentleness and love. And that was not what I heard in what this no, doctor said to you. you know, when something like this happens, Cheryl, you go through a brief reaction. And you're a you doctor, know. and you had to hear that. Oh, yes, and it was even more cruel coming from another doctor. Yeah. I, I shot back. Uh, is there a way to prove this diagnosis? Good. He said, yes, of course, on autopsy. Oh, my God. He was really without humor. I don't think he had much humor in his heart. But let's go on to, you know, many people might say that you had a moment called the darkness of the soul, which is an episode of profound trauma and disbelief uh, where you can make a complete turnabout and often find what you were really born to experience. And out of the ashes, uh, there comes a feeling from within that something is missing or not right and often the soul creates a scenario or loss or health challenge so that they can rediscover themselves. So I'm going to want to think, I think here, that you as a sensitive, caring, bright man maybe created that for some reason to find another path to live later in life or the second half of your life. Well, that's exactly what happened, Cheryl. But first I went through the grief reaction, and the I'm grief sure. reaction is described by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in her book on death and dying. It goes through five stages. One is anger. In anger, you can bite the head off nails, Cheryl. You're very angry. I was angry at this doctor for being so cruel and so mean, and I was just angry at life, and my, my kids noticed it, my wife noticed it. But then you go through another phase. You go through a bargaining phase. You go through the phase where you say, Oh, God, please don't let this happen. I'll do anything if you don't let this happen. But you know, God wasn't listening. He wasn't paying attention. And then I went through a phase of denial. Denial was, Oh, there's nothing wrong. I can do anything. There really isn't a drop right foot. But you know in your heart of hearts that's wrong, Cheryl. You know there is something wrong. It may not be ALS, it may not be Lou Gehrig's disease, but there's something wrong. And then comes the phase of depression. Depression is one of the hardest phases. That's when the world gets very dark and black. And you mm -hmm. can't find meaning in life, and you just can't. You know, many people can't go on beyond that phase. But that's a very, very dark phase that you refer to. But that dark phase is also a turning phase. And that's when I went to my wife and I said, Lucy, what do I have? And she said, I haven't got the faintest idea, but you're a smart doctor. You can figure it out. 
Well, I said, thanks for the vote of confidence. Hundreds of doctors couldn't figure it out, but I can't. She said, yes, you're smart, she said. So, you know, she back had, in She had confidence in you. She did. And, and maybe within her heart or her intuitive nature, she knew it wasn't so. And she wanted exactly. you to find a different way to deal with whatever was going on. Now, let's go on to... You just mentioned Dr. Kubler-Ross. I, I think her name, her first name might have been, oh, I forget her first name. Elizabeth. Margaret. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Now, uh, she is the founder of Hospice, End of Life Care, and I have met and interviewed people who knew her, uh, doctors, and uh, I have been uh, for eight years a volunteer at Hospice, and every time I hear her name, I, uh, I'm kind of happy that she's brought into the conversation because she truly believed there was something after this physical life. And as a doctor, she found a way to develop something that would help people at the transition, at the end of this physical life, into a new life. And my new book is A New Life Awaits. <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of glad you brought that in here. Now, let's go on to... You found a solution to your problem by reaching out. Is there a lesson that we can learn from this? Well, you know, and I think that's a very important lesson. If you know in your heart of hearts there's something wrong, you must reach out. You must look for another opinion. You must look for other sources in your life. And, you know, back in 2003, something new was invented. You might have heard of it, Cheryl. It's called the Internet. You ever heard of that? <laughs> yeah, the Internet. <laughs> well, back then, it was very primitive. We had dial-on connections, if you remember. You had to use a phone in a cradle that phoned another connection in a cradle, and it went, ria, 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 for about 15 minutes. And finally, you connected. And when you connected, you connected with a particular site, somebody that had an Internet. You know, I searched the Internet everywhere, and I found a doctor by the name of David Martz. David Martz was rather unique because he had a disease very similar to mine, but he got worse much more rapidly. And he was on his deathbed, and doctors from around the world were coming to say goodbye to David. And David got a doctor from Texas that came up, and he looked at David. And he said, there's something wrong with this picture. David said, what do I have? He said, I think you have something called chronic Lyme's disease. Mm -hmm. It's the bite of a tick that causes a neurological illness that mimics ALS. And he said, if I'm right, I can start you on treatment and you will get rapidly better. Well, David said, what do I have to lose? I'm dying. So he started him on treatment. And like Lazarus, he arose from the dead. Within two weeks, he was doing everything he had beforehand. He was back to normal. And so you? I knew I had, I yeah. got in touch with David. He said, come down and see me. I saw him. And he said, Dr. Leica, I think a miracle has happened. I think history is repeating itself. I'm going to start you on treatment, and you're going to get better. And that's why I was able to maintain my status as a top dermatological surgeon for over 30 years. 
because I questioned my diagnosis. Yes. I found my true diagnosis and was able to find out what was wrong. And so that's what I'd like to encourage people to do, to check things out, make sure things are right. You know, doctors are human. I was a doctor that was human. And doctors do make mistakes. It's because no disease is black and white. Mm. They're all gray. And not everyone jumps up and down and lets you know that they're actually true. Many mimic each other. Many overlook each other. And that makes it very difficult. Absolutely. Now, as an intuitive uh, Reiki energy practitioner, I know, I don't think, I don't believe, I know that nothing is random. We have a time to come into this world and a time to leave. And you're finding Dr. David Mortz and then Dr. William Harvey, who helped you. And then you say you went on to have another physician, Dr. Haynes Eli, all of who worked with you because you you had more time and more to do in this world. Well, to write this book, for one. (laughs) And uh, it was not random. It was in your life plan. So... I'm very glad you shared that with us. Uh, let's go on to talk about your co-author. Uh, she's a very interesting yep. woman. And, yeah, I'd uh, love to talk to you And about how her. did you meet her and decide on the book, and what was her story? Well, let's go through that. You know, once you go through something like I've done, you realize you've been given a second chance. You've been given an opportunity to do things in a better way. Well, I started to give back to society, Cheryl, and one of the things I sponsored was an event called Women of Distinction by the YWCA. In this event, we honored people in our society who had done amazing things, and we chose to honor women because women do not get the kudos that they generally realize they they need and something that they should have. So... We sponsored this wonderful event where we really had some great women in Edmonton come forward and put their names in for their for the prizes. Well, Harriet had applied for one of the categories called Turning Points, and the category was designed because it's about women who have done something and had to turn because of the things that happened in their life. Well, Harriet's story was very intriguing. She was a world-class model in New York. She was beautiful. But after being in the industry for about 10 years, she was burnt out and tired. So she was said, I'm going to get an education. So she applied to take accounting at the University of Calgary. And there she was befriended by a very nasty person who ended up kidnapping her, stabbing her, and leaving oh. her for dead. It, it was terrible. It was it was an awful thing. But, you know, Harriet didn't use that awfulness to destroy her. She used that as something that really built her life. And when she was going through rehab, she met a young girl by the name of Amber that told her, Harriet, you must use your life story to tell others how to be better. And that's what she did. Now, yeah, it's, Harriet, it's sort of Harriet what you did. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of what you did. You decided to go out into the world and share positivity. 
and ways to look beyond the darkness and the difficult challenges of everyday life that we all face, no matter how gifted we are, no matter what opportunities we have. Uh, there's always challenges that come in, and we have to know how to deal with them. Now, you talk about those golden pearls and which ones became apparent to you early. Well, let's talk based about on golden your, pearls. Yeah, let's talk about golden pearls. Well, you know, golden pearls actually exist, Cheryl. They exist in the South Pacific. And do you know what makes a pearl exactly? It's this. You know, a little grain of sand gets inside the shell of a special oyster, and that oyster doesn't get destroyed by it. That trauma is something it uses to make that beautiful, gorgeous pearl. And golden pearls are so precious that a single solitary pearl costs upwards of $10,000. That's how exquisite it is. And that's why Harriet and I said, look, these golden pearls are something everybody has inside themselves. They're beautiful. They're exquisite. They're things that people have inside of them. And that's what we put in our book, 13 metaphorical golden pearls of wisdom, things that people can use to shape their whole life by. All they have to do is discover them. So pearls are a perfect metaphor for transformation and transcendence. That's how you use them. And that is the truth. You know, earlier I was telling you uh, that when my mother was alive, uh, she always talked to me about the beauty of pearls and how uh, they didn't need much to stay beautiful, but just simply be worn and exposed to life and to the air. So I, I think you're showing that uh, with your 13 golden pearls. And you talk about some of them, love and inspiration and victory and vulnerability, uh, forgiveness and attitude and thankfulness, laughter, and all the others. And they are all part of us within us that just have to be discovered at the most trying times in our life. Right? That's exactly, Cheryl. And in our book, we have 13 of these and a bonus one. They start with love and they end up with empowerment. And mm. the bonus pearl is dealing with fear. Fear that's something that's so pervasive in our society right now. We thought we had to deal with that in order for people to have wonderful, full lives. It's true. Everything in our life is a challenge of moving from fear or negativity uh, to joy, bliss, positivity, and love. And in most, in a daily, you know, in daily activities, we're doing this all the time. We're just not always aware of it. Now, your book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, is a charming dialogue between you and Harriet and your chronicle of triumph over adversities. And you give parables and stories with inspirational quotes. What led you to this interesting mix of content? Well, you know, when we started writing this book, Harriet and I said we have to go to the world's best in writing a book. So we went to the home of Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. And Chicken Soup for the Soul is a book that sold over 500 million copies because Jack based this on parables and stories. 
So Jack said to us in his home, he said, Harriet and Dr. Leica, you need to put stories in your book. And he said, you know, you two have been talking about this book. You know, I bet you you were writing it in coffee shops and everywhere that you that you could write it. And he said, you must put the dialogue you had. This is truly a story. He said, I wish I was a fly on the wall when I when you were <laughs> writing this book. And this is what everybody has an opportunity to do. They get to be a fly on the wall as we created this masterpiece. They get this opportunity to really learn it. But then we said, you know, there are other people that have been on this journey as well, not just us. There have been many people that have really... Uh, being on the journey of life, and they have brought great meaning to this. And so we incorporated their quotes into this book so they too could come forward and let the stories be right there and people can can understand the deeper meaning of this book. So there's several layers. There's the stories that begin every 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 chapter. Then there's the stories between Harriet and I. And then there's the quotations that help people to go into this book. So it's like going through layers and layers, maybe an onion or a pearl, where you're really understanding the meaning. And in this way, you're creating your new life. Yes, and I really like the way you described from the Greeks the seven different types of love. Most people don't realize that. I have read many um, books about that. And you you have so much wisdom in the book. And what would you like most readers to take away with them briefly after reading The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? You know, I think what the big meaning of the story is a simple quote, and it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. That's what I'd like everybody to take away, because this book is meant to empower the reader and meant them to really not just read it, but to live it. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. That's a quote from Epictetus, a Greek sophist, who understood this about 2,000 years ago. Yes, and you say, and people should remember this, love is one of the few things that increase in value when you give it away. I want to thank you, Dr. Alan Leica, and your co-author, Harriet Tinker, authors of The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, for sharing your life-altering challenges that led to greater awareness of the golden pearls that sustain and support our best lives, ultimately connecting to our soul or spiritual core and making us both whole and holistic. To read more about lives of empowerment and total oneness, go to fantasticlifebook.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have discovered how life-altering challenges can lead us to the virtues or golden pearls that enhance and empower life from within and aid us in recognizing what is really valuable and sustainable in our emotional inner landscape. And that is indeed compassion and love and the desire to share, reach out, and serve others with the blessings of kindness, goodness, and the joy that resides within us. 
so life can be lived with distinction and respect for all conditions, both of the spiritual and physical realms. A quote that Dr. Leica gave, In life you need either inspiration or desperation. And that's by Tony Robbins. And Dr. Leica goes on to write, Inspire. This word can be traced back to the Latin inspirare, to breathe or blow into, which itself is from the word spirare, meaning to breathe. The earliest English uses of inspire give it the meaning to influence, move, or guide as to speech or action through a divine or supernatural agency or power. And Harriet asks Dr. Leica what inspires you, and he responds, I look for people who have achieved great things and overcome adversity. Some of these are immortalized in movies. One of my all-time favorites is Chariots of Fire. It tells the fact-based story of two athletes in the 1924 Olympics, Eric Liddell, a devout Scottish Christian who runs for the glory of God, and Harold Abrahams, an English Jew who runs to overcome prejudice. It's the story of a group of athletes who overcome tremendous odds to win the Olympics. And I love that movie, too. It's the story of perseverance and the ability to persist undefeated in the face of adversity. Dr. Leica, Harriet, and I would have you remember, perhaps, what one of their favorite Maya Angelou quotes is, My greatest hope is to laugh as much as I cry, to get my work done, and try to love somebody, and have the courage to accept the love in return. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing From Within, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to authors, change-makers, visionaries, as they explore the world of metaphysics, science, spirituality, medicine, education, and the arts and music to discover more about our human and divine components of energy and higher consciousness so we may merge the dimensions and realities of life on earth and beyond. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.